Ultimate Escape is a family-friendly ministry that addresses sexuality. Some episodes may contain sensitive terms and subject matter, especially for younger children. Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Escape Podcast. I'm David Chenault. You know, it's just human nature. When two people have a relationship with one another, whatever that relationship happens to be, if it goes on long enough, there will be conflict. Now, left undiscussed, that conflict can destroy a relationship. To keep it healthy, you have to deal with it. Join us today as we talk with Steve Holliday about dealing with conflict, whether it's a parent and a child, or a husband and a wife, or two friends or co-workers. Dealing with conflict can be challenging, but at the other end of it, it can bring healing and a deeper relationship. Join us as we talk through the first steps of how to deal with conflict on the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Well, hello, Steve Holiday in the studio with us once again. Hello to you, sir. Howdy. We talked about core beliefs in a previous podcast. We want to continue that conversation, and specifically, let's talk today about conflict. Uh, everyone has conflict. Uh, it is a, a nature of Except relationship. For my oh. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Everyone has it. Oh, come on now. Everyone has conflict in one way or the other. It just seems like uh, human nature. We have interests. We conflict. Uh, but working through that conflict becomes the goal of doing it smoothly in order to to grow out of conflict mm-hmm. as opposed to um, to hurt. So we're going to talk about conflict, especially from a parent-child relationship. There's probably plenty of that going on. Oh, my goodness. I've got four kids. Uh, age range from 20 down to 10. Our house, uh, yeah, we, 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 there's a lot of conflict. Now, it's not horrible. I mean, it's not bad, but uh, mm-hmm. everything from uh, what kind of food we're going to have for supper tonight to uh, what time is it to go to bed to who you're going to date. If only you could bottle it, kind of like the movie Monsters, Inc. You could bottle <laughs> conflict and power your house with it. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Let's talk about this a little bit. Before we get started into it, uh, thoughts uh, about conflict? Anything we want to set the stage for a yeah, little bit? Yeah, the goal is not to uh, to eliminate it because I, I just don't think that's realistic. But if we can at least learn how to navigate it in a healthy way that um, that doesn't do damage, uh, I think then, then we're way ahead of the game. So let me let me start out with a personal example. for it. I'm going to be fairly generic here, but uh, one of my daughters is in a dating relationship. And and we experience a little conflict here and there, as you can understand. I'm supposed to be the most important man in her life, and suddenly that's not the case anymore. And I'm I'm struggling with that. But that's not necessarily the source of the conflict. It comes in a in a situation of how much time she's going to spend with her boyfriend, how much time she's going to spend with our family. Mm-hmm. We recently had a situation. It was kind of interesting. Um, my wife and I, our anniversary coincided with the boyfriend's birthday. Uh And so in her mind, it was very clear. She was spending time with her boyfriend. And in our minds, we're like, wait a minute. You know, if it wasn't for this anniversary, you wouldn't be here to begin with. So uh, you're going to spend time and help us celebrate it, whether you like it or not. You know, one of those real fun celebrations. That was kind of a surface thing. It wasn't a huge deal. But but we do have this ongoing conflict about uh, how much time is appropriate and and dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we if we walk through some maybe like five bullet points of uh, just uh, helpful things in dealing with conflict, 
the, the first one I would say is uh, everybody has a right to their feelings and to the thoughts that they're experiencing. You know, in a, in a dysfunctional pattern, I don't give somebody else the opportunity to think what they think or I tell them that it's not right to think what they think. You know, you shouldn't think that. That shouldn't matter to you. The technical term for that is mind rape. I'm, I'm telling somebody what they should think instead of giving them permission uh, to think what they do. There's a default. Uh, whatever you're feeling right now, whatever you're thinking right now, you have a right to think and feel that, but let's explore and, and figure out what's going on here. Important bullet points. What's the energy? Let's identify. what. When I say energy, I mean emotion. Okay. okay what's the emotion that is present right now? I typically use a, a list of eight core feeling words. Uh, I'm not saying that that's the, the right list and every other model out there is is wrong. Uh, but I find it very helpful to be able to just say core emotions, what are we looking at? And so typically we're looking at either glad or shame or guilt or sad or hurt or fear or lonely or anger. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are eight different feelings. So I might literally have that list posted on the refrigerator or you know, on a bathroom mirror somewhere where, hey, this is this is handy. And in a moment where we're having some kind of conflict, let's at least pause what are we feeling right now? And typically it's not just one, right. but there may be one primary, maybe one that's bigger mm-hmm. than others. And so in conflict, uh, as you're describing, uh, there may be fear. There may be... I think hurt actually is probably one of the bigger ones. Okay. Um, uh, hurt in a, in a sad way, in a disappointment hurt kind okay. of situation. And again, those are two different. So is is it sad that I'm feeling or is it hurt that I'm feeling? Okay, because hurt would be in a, uh, it's a response to an attack. Uh, I feel... Like somebody is attacking me, I feel rejection, and that's producing hurt. Mm-hmm. Whereas sad is it's a loss, loss of something I value. I heard you earlier mention, man, I'm supposed to be... I'm number the, one, yeah, right? Yeah, and I have been for... I got the trophy on the, on the shelf that says number one dad, you know? Uh, and, and all of a sudden now it feels like that's right. changing. Yeah. Uh, wow, I, yeah, I hear an opportunity for a lot of sad there because, hey, something I value, it feels as either lost or I'm losing that... And that produces sad. Right. So each one of these eight emotions, uh, you know, they're, they're all coming from something different. You know, lonely is a lack of connection. Guilt is my behavior was inappropriate or wrong. Shame, something about me is lacking or insufficient or doesn't measure up. And anger at its core is a response to injustice. It's not fair. It's not right. It shouldn't be this way. Uh, so I need to know what energy are we dealing with? Uh, because how we're going to work through sadness is different than how we work through hurt, is different how we work through anger. Uh, so, okay, what is the energy? And if there are multiple, again, we need to identify them. Right. So, hey, right now, if I feel really sad, and I also feel afraid. I feel sad because, well, I'm, I'm recognizing that you're at an age now where there are going to be other guys that, that are important to you. And, man, I really miss being the guy right. that was the only one that was really important to you. Right. And at the same time, I'm afraid that I'm not going to see you as much. Uh, so now I've identified, hey, here's what I'm feeling. Sure. I give the other person a chance to identify that. Now, at some point, I also, I, I feel like my parental, you know, parental role is, is rising up in me and saying, wait a minute, it's not just, it's not just because I feel a certain way, but I also want to impart on my child the importance of the role of the family. Uh, you have this new relationship, you have friends, you have boyfriends, you have you have these these other circles, but we want to discipline you in some way, and I'm in a positive, that's a discipline in a positive way, discipline you to 
to make sure that you're putting family as a as a first priority, mm-hmm. as a as a place that you're not neglecting that relationship for the other relationships. And those are probably two different roles, uh, both both to be addressed. But one is the teaching. Hey, there, there's some teaching I want to do. We, we want to help our child develop these values. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, right now, we're in conflict, and so primary strategy right now is we need to work through the conflict and figure out, you know, is there actually really conflict okay. or does it just feel like there's conflict? Um, because the fear that I mentioned, it feels like I'm not going to get to see you right. very often. Well, that, that may or may not be accurate. So if it's not accurate, I need to figure that out pretty quick because if I, if my fear is not justified in reality, we don't have to go down this path. Well, is that, you know, sometimes I hear, and I've, I've used this with parents myself, we've talked about this, about choosing your battles, right? These are choosing your battles. Is that sometimes perhaps choosing your conflicts? And, and this conflict is a conflict that's actually uh, maybe more driven by my own insecurities, my own fear. That's not a conflict I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose. But, but conflict is, con- I mean, if it's there, it's there. It's right. just like, okay, well, is, is the sun in the sky or not? Uh, if it's there... Why not deal with it? Okay, okay. Uh, because yeah, I hear the you, you know, we pick our battles, and 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 I understand that. Matter of fact, as a as a parent, we you know there were some choices we made along the same lines. Hey, what uh, what is worth trying to redirect? And at what point do we just step back and say they get the freedom to make their decisions and deal with whatever the consequences are? That this is just not something we're going to try to step in the middle of. Right, right. Um, so I don't know. We may be saying the same thing, and, and this may be semantics. Uh, but if if there is conflict, probably healthy to at least deal with the conflict. Gotcha. And then still give them permission. Hey, you you can do whatever. You know, we're not going to try to get in and, and direct your behavior. Right. Uh, but we at least need to work through the conflict that it's uh, that it's presenting. So the conflict in my situation or in our situation would be we're angry. We're we're upset. We appear angry. Okay, so here's here's what I'd say. Uh, what feels true in that moment? That she does not value family enough. Okay, so that's what feels true. Now is my chance to do a check-in. Hey, it feels like, as your dad, that you don't value spending time with your family. Would you speak to that? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if, if my perception's right or not. So give the other person a chance. Uh, is, is that a thought in your mind? I mean, are you thinking, I really don't want to spend time with my family? Right. Um, and they can, this is where they either confirm that your perception's right, or no, that's that's not, I wouldn't even think in anything like that. I, I do value spending time with my family. It has nothing to do with I don't want to spend time with my family. And I would say the vast majority of conflict is probably based on a misperception. Right. And I see this in the counseling room all the time. Uh, it, you know, one person starts responding and going down this path because they've perceived something that is nowhere in in what the other person is thinking, uh, or it may be a very small part of what they're thinking, but but it, there's a much bigger something else that hasn't surfaced yet. So that that's what feels true. Now that's where the opportunity responds. So if another person was in here to be able to speak to that, let's sure. say hypothetically. No, I, I love my family. I love spending time with you guys. So now we've identified the misrepresentation or the mis or the misconception. Yeah. Okay. Misperception. So, so if it's not that, if it's not that you don't want to spend time with your family, well, okay, what are you thinking? What what's what's driving this? Right. Oh, I I want to spend time with my boyfriend. 
which I assume is a pretty common desire <laughs> for about any teenage girl who has a boyfriend. Right, right. Is I want to be able to spend time with them. And so those two are not, it's, it's not a one or the other. Right. Hey, I can want to spend time with my family and I can want to spend time with my boyfriend. And that's where some teaching may, may enter the picture at some point is, okay, let's figure out how do we balance this? Uh, as a teenager, how do you balance, man, I want to spend time with my friends, my boyfriend, and at the same time, I want to spend time with my family. So we may have to have some conversations on what does that look like. But let's let's play devil's advocate for a moment and say, yeah, that is a thought of, I, I just don't even like being around my family. Of course, I don't want to spend time with my family. I'd rather spend time with my boyfriend. Right. Now, that's a that's a totally different scenario. Now we got to figure out, okay, why do they not like spending time with a family? What's that about? But nine times out of ten, we haven't even gotten to that phase because we've escalated instead of open the conversation. I, I really like the turn that you talk about here uh, that, we, that we just mentioned about saying, okay, this is this is what I perceive this to be, or this is the way I'm feeling. This is mm-hmm. my feel. My my feeling is this. What I'm feeling is truth. Speak to that, and and it is or it isn't. But if we haven't had that conversation, then we've escalated usually with some angry words and some and, more conflict. Yeah, and there are op- there are opportunities for this to either make a make a bend and go down a different path, or as a parent, I'm driving a stake in the ground. I'm not going to let this be any different. And uh, th- that's a deeper level of dysfunction uh, that's typically under that. And that's a, uh, a parent refuses to accept that their child is thinking something different than what the parent thinks they think. Now, I, I don't know if I that, that got too wordy or not. No, no. So what like, you're saying is, what I, what I hear you saying is that, that at, at some point, there, I mean, a parent could not accept for truth what the child is saying. Right. I just don't believe what right. you say. You you tell me it's this, but I I believe it's something exactly. else. Exactly. And that's about the parent. That's okay. about the parent's need for it to be what they think. If that's a, I can't be wrong, or I don't believe my child could possibly really think that, but but that's a that's on the parent. That's not on the child. Now, again, possibilities. Well, if we have a, a child who is a habitual liar or an avoid trouble liar, and mm. so they may not be willing to say what they really think, uh, they're going to say what they think the parent wants to hear. That's a, a different conversation. But in a sense, I would say, I would think that still comes back on the parent because the parent has not created an environment safety of safety for that child to speak into and but but then that goes probably way back that's not about this moment (laughs) right right now right Uh, okay so let's at least try to keep it in in something that we can deal with on a in in this kind of a setting in a podcast Uh, let's assume that the child's being honest the parents being honest we got a reasonable amount of functioning and and we're just trying to deal with the conflict Mm. okay so if the child says no that that's not what i was thinking or that that thought's not in me uh here is what i am thinking now we know what we're looking at now at we least. can why well, we can move forward and, and deal with the uh with the misconception mm-hmm. and a, an important part of that in identifying um what's really going on is when did we start down this path when did it become conflict okay we were going along and, and we were okay until boom and, and what was it until Somebody said something until somebody did something until a certain tone entered. You know, th- at some point, there's a mile marker that we can say, okay, this is where we started coming conflict. Okay, so what was going on here? When that was said or when that was done, it felt like fill in the blank. Okay. Um, and so oftentimes that's where we ask the question, what feels true? 
because that that's the point at which the conflict began. Even if perhaps on one side or the other, it was kind of a um, uh, an accumulative thing. I mean, it was something we overlooked the first time, we overlooked the second time, for example, in the scenario. They're spending a little bit of time, spending a little bit more time, spending a little bit more time, and we're everything's fine. I mean, yeah, it's it's we're seeing a trend. Well, what I hear in, in what you're describing yep. is that when did we start down this path? We started down this path back when... When the first time his parents, it felt like, okay, well, we're going to overlook this, so we're going to allow this. Okay. That's when we started down the path. That's when the path started, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though the conflict didn't actually erupt until the straw broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. We're done. Uh, Now now it's too much. Yeah. The water started started bubbling (laughs) way back then. It just boiled over. Gotcha. Right now. Yeah. Which is something, again, we often miss in terms of the conversation because we're too caught up in the immediate situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most of us you know, have a reservoir of I can tolerate a certain amount. It's, it's when the straw that broke the camel's back gets added, all of a sudden now, poof, we blow up. Well, in that situation, it's not about the moment of the blow up. It's about everything that's been accumulating. So we got to go back to where did all that accumulation begin? Because if I hear what what you're saying is that if you're dealing with the boil over, then really you're just dealing with how to stop it from boiling over, not how to stop it from heating up to begin with. Yeah, the amount of energy in this moment is bigger than this moment. So if we identify, okay, this is where it is. This is where it was really when this all started. Um, And in that moment, what felt true? Okay. It felt that... My daughter doesn't want to spend time with us. It feels like my daughter doesn't care about me. It feels like something. She's placing value somewhere else besides with us. And yes. And I mean, what you're describing is real life stuff. I've had client sessions that that this is exactly what it boils down to is dad feels like daughter doesn't care anything about him anymore. Right. It's like my daughter doesn't love me anymore. My daughter doesn't want to be around me anymore. That, That may be the last thing in daughter's mind. But if that's what feels true to me, that's what I start reacting to. Right, right. And so once I identify that myself, then where do we go? Then then we can begin to process, okay, well, this is what feels true. No, this is what I was. Okay, now we just, it's, it's a much less emotional, hopefully, conversation because we're just talking about reality now. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lot easier to deal with, hey, I want to spend time with my family and I want to spend time with my boyfriend than it is to deal with, I really want to spend time with my boyfriend. I don't care anything about my family. Mm-hmm. Those are two very different or situations ju- to address. Or you just won't let me. I mean, then the accusations start flying. That's where we get our escalation. Okay, and if you won't let me, th- okay, what feels true? It feels true that you won't let me because you don't trust me, because you don't trust him, because gotcha. you just don't want me to have fun. It, so, something feels true. Right. Okay, so we can address, is, is that accurate? Well, it feels like you don't like him and you don't want me to be around him. Oh, no, no, that's that's not, not thinking that at all. I mean, now I am a dad and it's a teenage boy and he wants to date my daughter, so I don't like him just because of that. No, it's, <laughs> you know, that that's a universal. That I, may be, uh, a, that, I feel that is true. <laughs> yeah, that, that's okay. So I, obviously I say that, you know, tongue in cheek and, and not, not being serious about that. But hey, what feels true, let's give a chance to correct the perception. Or we may be validating the perception. Hey, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. But my experience is oftentimes... Uh, conflict is based on misperceptions, probably more often than I accurately uh, perceived reality. So let's let's recap from here. Let's kind of kind of step back through this real quickly, just kind of as a, as a summary here. The first thing right out of the box: recognize and acknowledge everyone has the right to feel what they are feeling. Right. So if you're angry right now, you have the right to feel angry. We may figure out that there's no reason for you to feel angry, but at the moment, 
you've got the right to whatever you feel. And then from there, we can move into what is the energy? What's the emotion that we're that feeling we're experiencing? You, me, but let's, let's figure out what, what we're all dealing with. Okay. And then we can say what feels true mm-hmm. in the midst of that. Yeah. Or, or maybe uh, where, you know, where did we start down? That, that, that energy, I, I started feeling that when. Okay. I started feeling that at this point in time. And then what felt true at right. that point? Mm-hmm. What felt true? And then, uh, and then speaking into that from both sides so we can recognize if there's any misconceptions or mm-hmm. misinterpretations or, um, or just misunderstanding mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, th- this works whether parent-child, co-workers, relationships at church, uh, I- any conflict between people who are able to function. Now, this may not work with a four-year-old for sure, but uh, between people who can function, uh, this, this basic pattern should be helpful in navigating conflict. Uh, but Holly and I cite back to a, a, what now is a very funny, uh, it, in the moment it wasn't funny whatsoever, right. but, but in, now we laugh about it. Uh, but you know, I was working on budget stuff. Holly walked over, she looked at everything I was working on and she sees the bottom line here, the bottom line there. And she, okay. The bottom line is we have an income problem and that's all she said. And she walked away. Well, as the only worker in the house. I hear we have an income problem as you don't make enough money. A criticism. Boy, you know, some emotion bubbled up at that point, and the biggest of it was hurt. I feel very hurt that my wife is criticizing my, my ability to provide for the family. But we didn't go down this path. Now, this was not so long ago that I didn't know how to do this. I mean, this was you know within the last 10 years. But I just sat there in my hurt for a couple of weeks. Finally, Holly came out one day. I was raking leaves in the front yard. She said, are you ever going to tell me? And we ever going to talk about this? So we do. And come to find out that when she said we have an income problem, what she meant by that was, hey, we've already cut our spending as much as is reasonable to cut. I mean, there's no, there's no fat left in this budget. We need to find some way to make some additional income. Maybe I should go get a job. Well, I didn't hear maybe I should go get a job. I heard you don't make enough money. So once I was aware of that, it totally changed. Mm. Because now what I don't hear is a wife criticizing me. What I hear is a wife who wants to be helpful. Total game changer. So the value of just being able to do that check-in. Hey, when you said we have an income problem, tell me what you meant by that. Uh, Or please tell me more about that. Now there's a more likelihood that the whole truth is going to come out, not just my perception of it. Sure. Um, I think it's great stuff. I think, uh, I think that's, that's a wonderful way to approach conflict and, uh, and uh, avoid escalating issues to even more hurtful situations. In that what feels true moment, oftentimes we're going to discover, hey, there's a core belief that's rising up right now, and that's what we're dealing with. It wasn't the logic going through our logical, you know, conscious mind at the moment. It was we just tapped into one of those buried core beliefs, and now that it's on the table, we can do something with it. If, right. if we haven't identified what core belief is at play, then we're just blind to its effect. Right. Hey, I appreciate you stopping by. This has been some good stuff. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, we can approach a future conflict with a little more thought in terms of what it's based on, and then address those core beliefs, which would avoid more conflict in the future. Right. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for stopping by. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for joining us again. Don't forget, if you'd like to send your feedback or find out more information about the Ultimate Escape Ministry or anything that Steve and Holly are doing, you can find that on our website. It's ultimateescape.org. 
And please recommend this podcast to your friends and family. You can find it anywhere that podcasts are available, such as iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and even on Alexa. Thanks again for joining us. I'm David Chenault, and this has been the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Podcast.